I want to go into the Word tonight. I, I would, I'd just like you to grab your Bibles, if you will. I want to go right into the Word. Cody, worship team. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I want you to go to the book of First Samuel tonight. Just pick a chapter, whatever. I'm going to 17. I just... Chapter 17, and I began to prepare a message this afternoon, well, actually it was earlier this morning. I got on the campus, and um, I began to break open the Word, and I was just spending some time in prayer. I was putting together a message out of the book of Acts, Acts chapter 16, about Paul and Silas, and, and um, after about 45 minutes into it, the Holy Spirit steered me completely away from it and said, no, you're, you're going to put that aside. You're not doing that tonight. And I was like, yes, sir. <laughs> and um, he took me back to where I had been this week. Um, and I, I don't know how many of you saw the torch. How many of you saw the torch this week from the podcast? That's great. So you're going to hear some of that. Um, that's good. I, I, I'm happy that not a whole lot of you heard it for some reason. <laughs> But uh, some of that is going to be echoed tonight, and that's okay, because I feel like this is what the Lord has wanted me to communicate and say tonight. And I just pray that He really makes me effective. And uh, man, I, I just feel the greatness of God up here. And You know, when I'm, when I'm getting ready and I'm, I'm making the bread, so to speak, I'm the bread man. And, and, and tonight is fresh bread. And the Lord's been baking it all day and, and getting it ready for us tonight. But as I'm, as I'm putting it together, I just, you know, it's, you can't really premeditate how a word is going to come out or how a word is going to be released. So I may be in this gear all night. I may run on the chairs tonight. But I promise you it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You're in a good Presbyterian church tonight. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Let's pray. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Maker of heaven and earth. <laughs> I just heard myself say, oh, Lord. <laughs> it's going to be okay. <laughs> it's going to be okay. Lord, thank you. <laughs> with, with all sincerity, Lord, thank you for your awesome presence. Thank you for the deluge that is happening outside of this building. <laughs> thank you that the heavens are gushing. And Lord, let it rain in here tonight. Let it rain. Let your presence be awesome and continue through the word. Lord, let your anointing carry us now in the word and breathe impartation into our spirit tonight. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would consecrate us to our divine assignment for this hour. I want to pray that again. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will consecrate us to our divine assignment for this hour. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will consecrate us to our divine assignment for this hour. 
Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I've, I've said before, see, if you're loving the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you're loving your neighbor as yourself, you're fulfilling your high call and your destiny in God. Amen? But God also has very specific assignments that have just your name on it. And I pray that those are illuminated to you by the Holy Spirit. And the things that the Lord doesn't want you engaged in, He lifts that grace off of your life. And He just closes that door and says, not now. Now I, w I need you here. Now I want you doing this. And that's a good thing. You don't, you don't always have to do what you've done in the past. You know, you're, you're free to grow and develop. Amen? God is a progressive God. Don't, don't be scared of that word. That word has been perverted in this hour. But God is an ongoing, progressing God. He puts new tools in your belt at the right time, right when you need them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So give yourself room to develop. Give yourself room to grow in God. Amen? So uh, what I tell you, 1 Samuel 17, that's right. We're going to look at that tonight. I want you to, if you're taking notes tonight, I want you to write down these words. When evil is exalted in a nation, God looks for deliverers. This is where I want to start tonight. This is where I want to start. Let's, let's get at it. Let's get at it tonight. Amen. When evil is exalted in a nation, God looks for deliverers. Hear those words. God looks for a deliverer. Second Chronicles 16, verse 9, it says, For the eyes of the Lord, they roam to and fro throughout the whole earth, the whole earth, to show himself strong or mighty on the behalf of those whose hearts are loyal unto him. I, I want to tell you, I believe with all of my heart, I am fully convinced that the Lord is scanning the earth right now for consecrated vessels. I believe it with all my heart. The eyes of the Lord are scanning the earth to find consecrated vessels, friends of God, sons and daughters of God that are loyal to the Lord, friends of God, hearts that are loyal, hearts that are faithful. May God find us faithful. Amen. May God find us faithful. May we be covenant men. May we be covenant keepers. May we be covenant women. Amen. May we be covenant keepers. Amen. There is an anointing that the Holy Spirit is freshly pouring out on those who he is finding whose hearts are loyal unto him. And that anointing, we know the anointing delivers. The, the anointing breaks open prison gates and prison bars. The anointing of the Holy Spirit liberates captives. Amen? Come on, are you with me tonight? The anointing of the Holy Spirit releases healing. The, the anointing of the Holy Spirit binds up broken hearts. The anointing of the Holy Spirit brings back to dead, brings back to life that which was dead. Jesus sent us out. He said, you're, gonna go, you're, gonna, you're not only going to heal the sick, you're going to go raise the dead. That same anointing that was upon Jesus is alive within you. It is alive. Pulsating the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives and dwells within you. There is a holy anointing in you. But I want to tell you, that same anointing 
in this hour, I believe the Holy Spirit is opening something very afresh in the line of our vision to understand this same anointing is the anointing that has the ability to save an entire nation. It's an anointing to save a nation. And by God's grace and by God's power, we are going to save our beloved United States of America. People are everywhere right now. God's people everywhere right now, they are rising into their place. By the Spirit of God, they are rising up in their place, taking their place on this epic battlefield. Not everybody is hearing this call, but many are. And many are choosing this call. Are you hearing me? Many are hearing this call, and then many are choosing this call. You know, it says many are called, but few are chosen. You know what that means? It means many are called, but very few choose the call. You have to choose this call. And when you hear, when you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, you do not harden your heart to what the Lord is saying. God is speaking to a people and he is equipping a people and anointing a people who will not quit. Say it tonight, I will not quit. He's anointing people who will not be silenced who won't be intimidated, who will war to win, who will war to reap this harvest, who will war to save the lost. Come on, church. Who will actually war to disciple nations. God is counting on the church that Jesus is building that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. God is counting on that church. He cannot use a lame church. God cannot use a woke church. God cannot use a compliant, compromising church. He cannot use a silent church. Can I get an amen? Can I really get an amen and a witness in here? God can't use a church that has a lot of mixture in the spirit of this age inside of it. He can't do it. The church that Jesus is going to use in this hour is the church that has come out from the world and has refused to touch what is unclean. God is scanning the nations. He's scanning America. He's scanning for churches right now. He's looking for those who are consecrated. I believe that heaven is watching I believe the cloud of witnesses, hear this tonight, I believe the cloud of witnesses are watching. I believe holy angels are watching. I believe holy angels are taking notes on their assignment and returning to the throne of God, reporting, reporting to the throne of God, letting him know these are the faithful ones. 
These are the loyal ones. These are the ones that you can trust in this hour. The question has never been, can we trust God? The question has always been, can God trust us? Are you with me tonight? Hear it again. When evil is exalted in a nation, God looks for deliverers. God looks for deliverers. See, amazingly, and this is, this is epic, amazingly, God had his eye. He scanned during the time where the children of God were under bondage, under Pharaoh in Egypt, God scanned, God found a man, God found a man who had to flee away from what he had done out of the culture out of the muck, out of the mire, out of all of that that was happening in Egypt amongst the children of God, he had to flee away. He goes into the land of Midian. He joins himself to the people of Midian. He joins himself to Jethro, his father-in-law. I think you know who I'm talking about by now. He becomes a shepherd by trade for 40 years. He is 40 years, 40 years he joins himself to Jethro. Moses is there. Moses learns how to care for the sheep, how to love the sheep, how to tend to the sheep. But Jethro was not only a shepherd himself, he was also a priest. And so Moses would have a mighty encounter with God. Forty years deep, he would have an encounter at a burning bush. He would receive his epic commission to go back and to deliver a nation in complete and utter bondage. It is amazing to me that God chose a shepherd to transform him into a national deliverer. Moses was a wanderer. God would use a wonder and he would turn him. He would, I, I want to use the word transform. He would transform him into an unstoppable leader. God chose Moses who was a murderer. Wow, a murderer. He would make him into a mighty deliverer. God chose Moses. He was a shepherd that God would turn into a burning messenger and into a prophet. Are you with me? Oh, let's break it down to more humanity. God would take a struggling man, a struggling man, and he would turn Moses into a real hero. Ah, are you with me tonight? But then in our story, God finds another shepherd. <laughs> You know, I have the feeling that God has this thing about shepherds. I watched a guy. He's got a weird name. His name is Dutch Sheets. I watched Dutch thunder in Omaha, Nebraska at Flashpoint. How many of you saw that this week? Dutch is my friend. He's your friend, too. <laughs> He's your friend. But when I look at him, I look at how God took a shepherd and forged him into a national deliverer. That's the way I see Dutch sheets. When I see Hank Kuhneman, I see God raised up a shepherd 
and made him into, forged him into a national deliverer. Are you hearing what I'm saying? David, David's awesome. And David gives hope for us all, (laughs) doesn't he? (laughs) David, in David's life, God finds a shepherd, and he says that he's a shepherd after his own heart. It's powerful words. We pick this story up, and it's, it's a story that so many of us are familiar with. But it's a story that I feel like I need to use once again for this hour. And I believe it's strategic for us. In 1 Samuel 17, and I finally made my way there through my introduction. And you're welcome. Verse 17. We're in 1717. It says, then Jesse said to his son, he said, take now for your brothers an ephod of dried grain and and these ten loaves and run to your brothers at the camp. Carry these ten cheeses to the, the captain of their thousand. And see how your brothers fare and bring back news of them. I love that. I just want to add this point tonight that this was his assignment in the natural. David was just, he was being faithful to his assignment in the natural. And and I say that to encourage all of you because we have to be faithful in the mundane. You don't just have to be faithful in the supernatural. (laughs) You actually have to be faithful in the mundane. You just have to be faithful at your work. Well, that that went over really well. That's a powerful word. you got to be faithful at your work. You know, God's not calling us to be faithful, ladies and gentlemen. God's really not calling us to be famous. He's calling us to be faithful. Let me fix that. He's not calling us to be famous. He's calling us to be faithful. So David gets this assignment. He's to, to deliver bread and cheese. He's the gondola man. And so he's doing what his dad has told him. Verse 9, it says, And now Saul and they and all the men... Of Israel, they were in the valley of Elah, and they were fighting with the Philistines. And it's interesting how, how it words that, because at this point, the fighting that was really going on was just the fighting of, of the war of words. They had been there 40 days. And it was nothing but a war of words. And that's really where we're at right now all the time. It's, it's, a, it's a blundering, blistering war of words. It's a never-ending flurry of words. Have you found that out? Social media is unending words, unending enemies ready to line up and chew you out and spit you out and everything. It's just a war of words. David shows up. It's a war of words. There's no swords drawn. There's no spears really drawn. There, there's no clanging of the shields. That's not what's happening. It's hot talk. (laughs) Hot talk, not a lot of action. Verse 20, and so David arose in the morning and he left, he left the sheep with the keeper. He took the things and went as Jesse had commanded him. Who's that? His dad. He came to the camp as the army was going out to fight and shouting for the battle. And for Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in battle array. The army, army against army, and David left his supplies in the hands of the supply keeper. He ran to the army, and he came and he greeted his brothers, and then as he talked with them, there was a champion, this Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines, and he spoke according to the same words, and so David heard him. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, they fled from him, and they were 
They were dreadfully afraid. It means that intimidation was really working on the armies of Israel. This was going on 40 days, 40 nights. That means intimidation froze them in their spot. Verse 25, and so the men of Israel, they said, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel or defy our nation. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king shall enrich with great riches and give him his daughter. Ooh la la. And give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. Sounds pretty good, right? Stacking up. David's like, hmm. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him and he says, uh, uh, what should be done for the man who kills the Philistine? <laughs> Come again. Let's say that again. What's, what's going to happen? And then he says, who takes away the reproach from Israel. Look at those words. I love that. What shall be done for the man who kills the Philistine? But look at those next words. Who takes away the reproach from Israel. I want you to just, just frame in on that because... I believe that you're a lot like me, and that's probably why you're in this church, and I'm a lot like you as well, because God has called us to something very significant in this hour, and that is why God has knit our lives together. Ladies and gentlemen, that's why we are knit. That's why I'm in your life. That's why you're in my life. We are moving into something epic together. God is raising up his ecclesia. Jesus is building this church that the gates of hell are not going to prevail against. And this church is supposed to be used and called to remove the reproach that the enemy is trying to vomit all over the United States. I, I, maybe I need to really preach on this side tonight or run the piece. Are, are you with me tonight? Are you with me? Or, or, or are you just kind of in your familiar text and the familiar, ah, Brian, we know the story. Listen with fresh ears. Listen with fresh ears. And I love this. What's going to happen for the man who takes away the reproach from Israel? I was thinking about that when I was watching Dutch and these other men thunder away at, in Omaha this week. I was like, look at those shepherds go. Look at those shepherds go. God reward them. God reward them. I was told on the phone today how, some things I can't say from the microphone, but how institutions are coming after these men of God. Coming after Lance, coming after Mario, coming after Dutch and, and others. Guilty by association. <laughs> But I look at them, and I look at them as shepherds. But I also look at them as shepherds who God has forged in the hour to remove the reproach from America. David reminds me here, the way that he speaks, this, it reminds me of Jeremiah 3.15. And this was, this was a verse in my young life, and some of you know some of those stories but in my young teenage life, this was a word that God spoke to me out of Jeremiah 3.15. He said that I will give you shepherds after my own heart and they will feed my flock with knowledge and with understanding. And God branded that in my spirit. 
And it's still alive today within me. That's who God's called me to be. I'm thankful God's called me to be a shepherd. He goes on, he says, For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And we've talked about this. David's not being crass. He's just basically saying, this guy has no covenant with God. The covenant sign of the children of Israel all, you know, through Abraham and the lineage was the circumcision. So he's like, this guy, he doesn't have any covenant with God. Let's deal with him. Let's just, let's get, let's, let's get this over with. I'm sick of hearing his mouth. Let's deal with him. And the people answered him in this matter saying, and so shall it be done for the man who kills him. And now Eliab, oh, Eliab, you got to watch out for the Eliabs. His older brother, he heard, he heard David speaking to the men, and Eliab's anger, it arose. I'm in verse 28. Eliab's anger arose against David, and he said, why have you come down here? And with whom have you left your, your few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride. And the insolence of your heart, for you've come down to see the battle. Wow. And I want to pause there because this is where you start feeling the animosity. This is where you start feeling David being falsely accused. This is where you feel that condescending voice now showing up. David, you've come down in pride. No, he hasn't. He's just come down fulfilling his dad's mission. He's brought bread and cheese. But now his eyes have lifted to see the real cause. Oh, the real cause. The real cause. I thought I was just signing up to come to a nice church called Victory, but now I've awakened to the real cause. And when David heard it, he said, we cannot tolerate this level of mocking. I'm not going to take this mocking spirit. I'm not going to let this voice defy the armies of the living God. Now, I, I got I to say this about Eliab because this, this is important. You, you, Eliab was who? He was the oldest brother of David's house. He was the oldest brother. I want you to look at a scripture. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse Seven, you find out that Eliab was actually the one that God refused. Remember, Samuel went down to Jesse's house. He brought the anointing horn of oil. And how many of you remember tonight that David was not even called in to the discussion to be sat down before Samuel? How many of you remember this? He wasn't even, he wasn't even asked to be in the room. Verse 7, it says, but... The Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance. He's speaking of Eliab. Do not look at his appearance or his physical stature because I've refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And I think that is so important because, ladies and gentlemen, we, we have been mesmerized by celebrity preachers. We have, in America, we have been mesmerized by rock star preachers who look like they've got it all together, and then we have been horribly disappointed years down. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He said, don't look at the 
natural appearance. And for some reason, we are, we are so succumbed to that. We fall into that by default. We're not to be that way. We are to be spiritually minded people. We are to be deeply spiritually discerning people. We're not to be fooled. We're not to be duped. That's why the Lord gave us his spirit so that we would have the eyes of the spirit so that when we're around people, we know the spirit, whether it's of God or whether it's unclean or whether it's a spirit of deception or whether it's a spirit of lust or whether it is a a spirit of witchcraft. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God gave us his spirit so that we would see with the eyes of the spirit, we would see properly, that we would discern spirits. Come on, church, say amen. amen. Don't look at the outward appearance. I, listen, I said to you a few weeks ago, that there, is, there isn't anything about me. My hair is not anointed. My boots are not anointed. This shirt is not anointed. God looks at the heart of a man, and the anointing is holy. It's holy. It's to be treated holy. And I want to tell you tonight, you are anointed. Verse 29, and David said, what have I done now? That sounds sounds like a younger brother talking to an older brother, doesn't it? Uh, Oh, my gosh, what have I done now? And then he turned from him toward another, and he said the same thing. And these people answered him as the first ones did. Now, I love this because I, I, I call this, that's the body language of faith. When someone is being condescending, when they're being arrogant, when they're falsely accusing you, just use your body and turn away from it. Turn away from those who belittle you. Just do it. Turn away from those who abuse you. Don't allow people to abuse you. Church, don't allow people to abuse you. Church, don't allow people to abuse you. I want to help you tonight. Now, when the words which... which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul. And he sent for him, and David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Of who? Of Goliath. Your servant, he'll go. He'll fight with the Philistine. Saul said to David, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight him. You're just a youth. He's a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion and a bear came and took, came a a lion and bear came and took a lamb out of the flock. This is a shepherd talking. I went out after him and I struck it and I delivered the lamb out of its mouth. That's awesome. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard. I struck it. I killed it. Oh. So a new kind of warrior showed up in the tent of uh, Saul. The atmosphere is changing in the tent while Saul is listening. Are you getting this? 
Your servant has killed both a lion and a bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine, he's going to be just like one of them. That's humility, isn't it? Don't you love that? That's just humility. That's right. I killed a lion and a bear, and you send me out. I'm going to deal with the problem. I'm going to annihilate it. He defied the armies of the living God. David is doing what here? He's saying, I have some history of a different kind of warfare that actually may interest you. I've been places with God. I've been places with God. I know that God is with me. You don't know. I've had anointing oil poured over my head. I'm going somewhere in God. A new breed of warrior arrived. But what I love is that David pulled out of his past testimony that which could be alive in his present day and for the days that were to come in the future. David kept his victories fresh and on fire. Church, keep your victories fresh. Keep the fire burning on where you have been with God and what God has done to you and in you and through you. And don't let anybody, especially your enemy, take them away from you. Keep it fresh. David kept the fire burning. David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. When a lion and a bear came, took the lamb. I, I took the lamb. I've already read that. Verse 36. <laughs> Help me, Lord. Your servant who has killed both the lion and the bear, he'll take out this uncircumcised Philistine, seeing that he's, he's defied the armies of the living God. In verse 37, moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Notice that. He said, the Lord's going to deliver me. Saul, my secret source of power is this. You need to know, the Lord delivers me. The secret source. Listen, the se- we're not just reviewing biblical history tonight. The secret source of our power, ladies and gentlemen, the church needs to hear it. The church of America needs to hear it. The Lord's going to deliver us in this hour. I said, the Lord is going to deliver us in this hour. I said, the Lord is going to deliver us in this hour. The Lord your God fights for you. The Lord your God goes before you. He fights and wars for you. He's going to deliver you. I want to say to you tonight, you need to stop listening to the wrong voices. Hear this tonight. Eliab was the wrong voice. Eliab was the wrong voice. He was the elder voice. He was was the old voice. He was the voice of the elder. He, He was the voice of the old sage, accusing David of pride, insolence. I want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, what's happening to the church right now, the church is not being political. The church is being prophetic. The church is not moving in a political spirit. We're moving in a governmental spirit of the ecclesia that Jesus is building. God has called you and I to save America in this hour. Listen, Satan would like nothing more 
then the church should just pack up their bags and go into hiding and flee away. And you know why? That he's licking his chops and he wants that more than anything? Because it's only the church of the Lord Jesus Christ that has the anointing and the power to deal with the enemy in these last days and drive him out. There's so much power in this army of God right here. I thank God for how talented Donald Trump is. I thank God for how talented Ron DeSantis is and other many leaders that God has divinely chosen and mantled and raised up. But I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, God is counting on the ecclesia who has been anointed by the Spirit of God to raise up and be a voice of righteousness and truth in this hour. My God. You don't need a bunch of people understanding your assignment in this hour. Somebody needs to write that down. There's a lot of people in the church that are utterly clueless to what the Holy Spirit is asking of the church now. God is looking. God is scanning. God is scanning. God is scanning the earth. The eyes of the Lord are roaming to and fro throughout the earth. And who is God looking for? Those who are loyal. Those who are faithful. Those who are true. Those that were forged in the fire. And he can count on them and says, I'm going to raise them up. I'm going to make you an overcomer. Cody Sales is an overcomer. Glenn Morrissey is an overcomer. God's looking. Who can I count on? Who can I count on? See, folks, what, I, what I'm hearing in the spirit, what I'm hearing, we are in a time of war. The, 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 the war cry that is going on in the heavenly realm. It's alive. It's like war drums that are going. And you can hear it in the spirit. There's, there's an intensity. What just dropped? I'm always hitting this pulpit. And I need to learn my lesson. Everything starts falling. It was a bottle of water and it had a lid on it. Let's give God praise for that tonight. Let's. This is intensifying. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a focus of heaven. I'm telling you, there's a focus. The cloud of witnesses are watching. Angels are taking notes. You don't need everybody understanding your assignment in this hour. I, listen, listen. Your pastor, your leader, your shepherd, whatever I am to you, I don't need a whole lot of people right now validating me. I don't need people patting me on the back or patting me on the butt or doing whatever. Sports, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, yuck. That, that, that went over horrible. Okay. I was seeing the sports guys hitting each other off the sideline. Okay, anyway, so we'll get off of that. I don't need, I don't, I don't need that. And that's not pride. When you know your assignment, listen. When you know, thank you, Cody, when you know your assignment, you do it. When you know your assignment, you do it. And when you know your assignment, you stay faithful at it. 
You see, you keep warring in the spirit. You keep praying. You keep interceding. You keep decreeing. You keep calling those things that are not as though they already were. You keep calling those things that are not as though they already were. You use your faith, Shane Tenney. And Janique. You don't need a whole lot, a whole lot of people validating your call in this hour. You got to have the right people around you. And I want to tell you what: you need warriors around you. You need warriors around you, Mary. You need warriors around you, saying, "We're going forward. We're not retreating in this hour." Come on, are you with me, church? Now I'm going to hit something tonight, and if this bothers you, I love you. <laughs> How many of you have ever heard these words? Go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. Have you ever heard those words? It's nice. It works really well on your fridge. It's nice. You want to go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. But I got to tell you something. A lot of people have missed their divine calling in God because they were always looking to be celebrated. They were always looking for somebody to pull out the confetti cannons and tell them how awesome they are. Oh, you're so great. 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 You're so oh, my God. Really? If the apostles walked into this room and I just threw them the mic and said, Paul, preach a little bit. He would tell you, you don't go where you're celebrated. You go where the persecution is hot. You take your flame and you go right into the midst of darkness and hell and you burn in it. I've read the Bible. I have the Bible backing me up. I've read the book of Acts. How about that? I've read the book of Acts. So many people. See, because we believe that, oh, you don't want to go where you're, you know, you're not, you're just tolerated. You want to go where you're celebrated. It's made Christians so weak. And they start going through little battles and all of a sudden they flee and run away. They start enduring any levels of spiritual warfare, and suddenly they are freaking out. Oh, God must be calling me to go. No. He's calling you to get in the Holy Ghost. He's calling you to get your full armor on. He's calling you to suit up. He's calling you to be with Him and learn how to fight and wage a good warfare with the Word of God and with the words that God has spoken over your life and how to take the prophecies that God has given you and learn how to begin to war with them. And do some damage to overturning the works of darkness. That's what he wants. We don't need people running away from Washington, D.C. in this hour. I want you to remember what I'm saying. We don't need people running away from Washington, D.C. We've got a group, we've got a team that's getting ready to go to D.C. next month. And I'm proud of them. We need righteous lions going into D.C. to transform it and call this nation back to God. Call this nation back to the word of God. Call this, back, this nation back to the fear of the Lord. 
We need people rising up to be senators, representatives, mayors, school teachers, school board member officials. Are you hearing me? City council officials. God needs a house of people who know him. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Write this down tonight. Stop listening to the voice of cowards. Stop listening to the voice of religious people. Stop listening to the voice of busybodies that all they do is suppress you. And basically, they just try to talk you out of everything God's telling you to do. Stop listening to the wrong voices. Get around some warriors. The wrong voices right now are saying that we're being political. But we're not being political. We're being governmental. We love government because God designed government. I want you to go to Isaiah chapter 33, verse 22. It'll be behind me tonight. God established government. He loves government. He is government. Amen. But see, when, when government, when men eliminate God from government, I got to say that again. When men eliminate God from government, Government becomes a seething monster that destroys everything in its path. It becomes the ultimate thief. It becomes the ultimate stealer. That's why, we're, that's why we are fighting the epic battle against fascism, against socialism, against communism right now, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm telling you, the church is the solution to burning communism and torching socialism out of this country. Yeah. Isaiah 33 verse 22 it says for the Lord is our judge the Lord is our lawgiver and the Lord is our king he will save us. Read it with me. For the Lord is our judge the Lord is our lawgiver the Lord is our king and he will save us. And many of you know this is a blueprint that actually our founders used this by revelation out of the scriptures. They created our three equal branches of our government. In the scripture, you see the judicial, you see the legislative, you see the executive branch. Look at it again. The Lord is our judge, the judicial. The Lord is our lawgiver. What is that? The legislative. The Lord is our king. What is that? That's the executive branch. It was by divine revelation that our founders, our fathers found this and designed this. God is all about government. He's not in the political foo-foo. I love government, but I hate politics. And the, amen. And the reason I love government is because I love people. And I love freedom. And I love liberty. Can I get an amen? amen? I love liberty. I love freedom. I love family. I love peace. I love the peace in a nation. I love it. Don't let people discourage you. When all you're doing is being prophetic. You're being a lion. You know, it's interesting to me. John the Baptist wasn't being very... He wasn't being very <laughs> political when he called Herod Antipas out of a sexual affair, sexual immorality, 
because he was in bed with his brother's wife. If you want Bible for that, that's Matthew chapter 14. You can look at the verses there. John the Baptist was calling sin out. Sin is sin. Amen. He was speaking about morality. He was speaking about morality. The scandal at this time, I mean, this, this rivaled uh, Hunter Biden. <laughs> y'all y'all going to be okay tonight? We're going to go to prayer for those people in Martha's Vineyard in just a little bit. We're, we're going to do it. But this story, this story out of Matthew, John, John the Baptist, what he was doing, this rivaled Hunter Biden's story. What was he doing? He was speaking moral clarity. Guys, God is counting on his church to speak confidently and give moral clarity to our nation, but also for us to have the integrity and the character and the courage that is required to back that up. Stop listening to the wrong voices. Stop listening to the wrong voices. People will tell you, they'll pull you aside all in the name of wisdom. Can I tell you, I have been pulled aside by Christian leaders all in the name of wisdom. Brian, you need to stay out of politics. All in the name of wisdom. Brian, you need to protect your influence. In other words, they're saying you need to protect your reputation. Brian, you, you need to protect your platform. I got to tell you, I'm not trying to build a platform. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just not. I'm not trying to, to build some massive influence. I'm actually trying to be faithful to what God has called me to do and say, say as a true messenger exactly what he's commanding me to say in the fall of 2022. I've got to be faithful to what God is saying. Son, you need to cry out to this nation and speak it. And so many are disqualifying themselves because they're trying to protect their platform. They're trying to protect their influence. They're trying to protect their name. They're trying to protect the money in the church, they're trying, you, 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 know, you, you know the thing. Sorry, I didn't mean to quote Brandon. You know the thing. Uh, Biden, Biden. Biden, sorry. Biden. You got to stop listening to wrong voices. You've got to stop listening to the wrong voices. They tell me if you talk about politics, you're going to hurt your ministry. <laughs> it's not my platform. I've had people tell me this, Brian, just preach the goodness of God. Just, just preach the goodness of God. How about this one? Brian, just, just be a revivalist. Just preach revival. You know what? They don't even know revival history. They don't even know revival history because the revivalists were the carriers. Let me tell you, they were the torch bearers of the word of truth and the word of righteousness. And I'm telling you right now, they knew the nine ways to skin a cat. 
My dad used to like to say it like this. They, the, the real revivalists know how to pull back the bark and expose the worms. And in the Greek, that means, okay, I think you got it. Just stick to revival. I want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I have to tell you again, revival is going to look very, very, very different in this hour. It's, it's getting more intense. And the word of truth is, has to be released in full force with no fear. They've told me, and they tell you, don't, don't say anything deemed controversial. You don't want to go there. And God's telling you all along, go rescue the unborn. Speak out for the unborn. Speak up. Speak out against militant homosexuality. Speak out against the hypocrisy in this nation. Speak out against injustice. Speak out against racism. God's telling you that. And now you're going to have to take courage. And now you're going to have to be a messenger and a voice of truth because that's, God, that's who God's called you to be. Not just Brian, but you. Am I helping anybody in here tonight? Wow. All right, I'm going to close in just a moment. <laughs> I want to go back to David. I want to go back to this main text tonight. David turned away from intimidation from Eliab. And this is what we need to do. You have to turn away from the voices of intimidation. You have to turn away from the voices of abuse and the condescending voices that are not the voice of wisdom in this hour. David said, it's time that we remove this giant. It's time we take it out. And it's time that we do it in the name of the Lord. And that was David's, that was David's hour. Now it's your hour. It's my hour. It's your turn. It's your watch. It's your assignment. When evil rears up in a nation, God begins to look for deliverers. When evil exalts itself, God begins to look for deliverers. In Luke chapter 4, verse 18 tonight, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Ladies and gentlemen, the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. You are anointed. You are anointed. You are called. And you were called for such a time as this. When evil exalted itself, what did God do? He raised up Esther. We were there two weeks ago. He raised up Esther. Who was Esther? She was a deliverer. Ladies, you are a deliverer. Christine, you are a deliverer. You are a deliverer. Oh, you are. He raised up Esther. When the nation needed transform, who did he raise up? He raised up Daniel. He raised up Moses. He raised up David. He's raising you up. Let him raise you up. Let him raise you up. Walk in humility, but walk powerfully in God. Don't walk in false humility. Don't walk in false humility. Walk in real humility. Be bold. 
Be strong. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Father, I thank you for the people of God. I thank you for the family tonight. And I thank you that this holy anointing is pouring on us to release captives, to bind up the brokenhearted, to release healing, to, to, to open prison gates and prison bars. But also, Lord, this anointing is to save our nation. Let it be. God, we are part of that tribe, that tribe, that people. And we heed the call. I would ask you to be brave tonight as we're praying to be brave, that you would just, you would make it part of your prayer life. You would begin to say, God, I want you to use my life and my destiny and my purpose to save my nation. I want you to use me to rescue and save this generation of America and the generation that is yet to come. And in David's own words, he said, Oh God, you have taught me from the days of my youth. And I recall your wondrous acts and your wondrous ways. Now that I am old and I am gray-headed, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation and your power to all those who are yet to come. Oh Lord, I pray that you would use our lives as a manifestation of your power and a manifestation of your grace that we might deliver this generation and the and, and the generation that is yet to come. I thank you, God. You are raising up a company of deliverers in this house. I believe God's speaking that over you. I believe the Lord wants you to come into agreement with your identity. You are a deliverer. I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking over you right now. Come into agreement with your identity. Come into agreement with your identity. You have been called to be a deliverer. Glory to God. Come on, lift your hands all over the room and receive this. Receive it. Receive it. Josiah, when you're putting this message together, I want you to make sure you don't edit this story out. I want this left in, son. Some wild days are coming. I had a dream. I had a dream a few years ago. <clears throat> Again, not premeditated thinking about this. I had a dream a few years ago. Dutch Sheets and I, we were together. We were, we were in the Ohio State Buckeyes Stadium. The news outlets were there. There were thousands of college students in the stands. But Dutch and I, and there was a company of us that were, when I say company, I'm talking about a tribe of lions, okay? When I say company, that's what I mean. 
and we were walking on the field. <clears throat> Football game was not going on. The Spirit of God was breaking out everywhere in this dream. Power of God. I mean, the power of God was just on display in this dream. And there were thousands in the stands watching. There were, there were cameras. People were filming. And, and Dutch and I were pretty close in proximity. But there was several hundred bodies on the ground, and they were just they were manifesting demons. They were flopping everywhere. I mean, aggressively. And we were going through there, and we were casting out demons out of these students everywhere. And they were just coming out. I mean, I mean, with power. It was a demonstration of just an unleashing of power. When I say that God is going to raise you up to be a deliverer, I want to give you a picture of that. I want to give you a picture of that. The church in this hour is going to deal with the devil. Going to deal with the devil. <clears throat> Satan is putting his people in place all over, ladies and gentlemen. We just saw Joe Biden this week just set a very open, flamboyant, hardcore, militant homosexual. But not just that. He's a full-on Satanist. And everybody knows it. And he's made it known. And Biden hired him. Put him in charge over, you know, the important things. Monkeypox. <laughs> Big task. I just went over really... God's going to raise you up as a deliverer to deal with the devil, to cast out de demons. There's a mighty, mighty wave of the Holy Spirit that's going to be in this outbreak. It's not just going to be souls coming to the Lord, but it's going to be souls coming to the Lord and getting their house swept clean. Their house swept clean. Their house cleansed of devils, the afflictions of devils, the torments of devils, the torments of unclean spirits that have kept young people in the bondage of homosexuality, the, pe the, the, the bondage of lesbian lifestyles, and, and you know all the exploitation of all of that, of giving themselves to just over to everything. It's going to be the cleansing of the house. Ladies and gentlemen, God's going to raise you up to be a deliverer, a deliverer, a deliverer. America needs us, and God is going to save this, this nation. He's going to save America. This is good news. He's going to save America through his church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I hope I did you good tonight. Love you. Love you. Let's go ahead and have our ushers come tonight. Let's have our ushers come. I uh, just want to commend you on your faithfulness and giving. If, yeah, if you need an offering envelope, go ahead. Lift your hand high. 
We want to serve you. If you need an offering envelope, <clears throat> you can give on our app tonight. Our app is Victory FLA. Victory FLA. You can give at victoryfla.com safely and securely. Listen, if you ever get, guys, if you ever get anything on Facebook asking you to give, if you get this a link from Facebook asking you to give to our church, it's, it's, it's a fake link. We don't do that. We don't do that through Facebook. You know where you give? VictoryFLA.com. That's where you give. Okay? We don't do that. We don't solicit for giving on Facebook. So anything you get like that, that's, that's fake. And please don't, don't do that. Just go directly to VictoryFLA.com. Those of you that have been watching with us, I know that we, we have new partners. Guys, we have new partners that are giving to our church around the country. Can we give God praise for that? It's awesome. It's just awesome. It's wonderful. It's humbling. And isn't it wonderful? We live in a day where technology is able to carry these messages. I, I, when, I, when I receive emails, I receive emails from people from all over this country concerning the Torch, especially the Torch podcast, and how they are receiving from the Lord. And then God speaks to them to give, and, and God's people give generously. And I thank God. I'm telling I thank God when Josiah came home, and here we were in COVID, he said to me, Dad, you need, you need to start a podcast right away. We need to get rolling. We need to get going. I'm, I'm glad that we got on it. We got the cameras. We bought the stuff, and we got going. Thanks, Josiah. <laughs> I mean it. How God has used the torch to God be the glory. I mean it, to God be the glory. And, and honestly, that, that stretched me, stepping into that. It really stretched me, and I'm glad the Lord stretched me. Lord, we just thank you tonight for the opportunity to give and to sow, and we give with generosity. We give with love, and we worship you, God. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you in our giving. Over your people, Lord. May there be shouts of joy over your people as you delight in blessing them. Lord, reward your faithful sons and daughters. Reward them with prosperity and breakthroughs. Reward your children, God. Bless them because you are the faithful God. You are the covenant-keeping God. You love to bless your children. You delight in them. So, Lord, let that rain that we prayed for tonight, that we prayed, let it rain. God, Lord, let prosperity rain and joy rain in these houses. Abundance rain. Opportunities rain. New businesses rain. New businesses, opportunities rain down. Abundance, God. Abundance. Lord, bless the, bless the people of God in their storehouses. Bless them in their storehouses. Increase them, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you guys for serving the people.
just want to do a few announcements while they're passing the buckets to get everybody on the same page. Um, but tomorrow we're going to be having the Conway's house fire. That is tomorrow at 2 p.m. So if you want to come, please go onto the website or the app and text their cell phone number to get their address and to RSVP. Also, next Sunday, not tomorrow, but next Sunday, we're having our women's and men's house fire. Again, go on the app. Um, Glenn Morrissey is going to be speaking at the men's. And then uh, Liz Glick is going to be speaking at the women's. So get ready for that. It's going to be super exciting. So sign up. Please RSVP again for that. The addresses, you need to text the church or the um, number given on the app for that. Um, also, we have two Fridays away, September 30th. We're having our vision night for victory. We've already done it a few times, but for those who have not been a part yet, uh, mom and dad are going to be sharing the vision of the house. Um, yeah, and really where we're going. Uh, so we are part of that. Please RSVP again. We are an RSVP church, as you can tell. We really appreciate it. Um, so go on the website. You'll find the numbers for that. Um, also, I'm going to move into October. All of that is this month, but I'm going to move into October. October 1st, we're doing our five-year anniversary celebration. So please, yeah, super excited. October 1st, 6 p.m., get ready. We're just going to celebrate five years, grace, grace, and all God's been doing, yeah, in our midst. So please be a part of that. We're going to be having dessert and punch as well in the Family Life Center. Kids Church, there's no kids church that night except for more infants and the babies and toddlers. They're going to have kids church. But your kids who are uh, kindergarten up will be with you, so get ready for that. And also our Victory Fast is coming up October 2nd through the 8th. We're going to be meeting every night. Mark your calendars. Begin to ask the Lord what you need to fast. Um, and be prepared just to get on board with all of us and see what God wants to do for the house. Amen? All right, here's Dad. I feel like the Lord's calling me to a, a really powerful fast, a fast Reese Pieces <laughs> that week. And that was a joke. October the 2nd through the 8th, our final week-long fast for the year, I believe it's going to be very, very powerful. Very powerful, very significant. It's timely. It's timely for us. It's timely for our nation. Amen. It's timely for us. It's timely for the nation. We have a group that's going to Washington, D.C. in October on their assignment. we got a lot, of, we got a lot happening. It's good things. Um, how many of you, the, the last fast was really challenging? Let me see your hands. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> me too. It was so challenging. And one of the reasons is we, we had just come home from vacation, you know, of eating everything possible across the United States of America. Oh, should we stop by Dairy Queen one more time? I think we need to. Glory to God. And we came home, and then we pumped the emergency brake and went into nothing but water. And whoo-hoo, yeah. Um, glory to God, that's not going to happen on this fast. But listen, every fast is hard. But I want to encourage you, ask the Lord what, what you need to do. We don't put religious restraints upon the people of God. You know, you do what you can do. And you, you know, and you're, we're all at different ages too. You need to do specific things, and I understand that. We respect that. But ask the Lord what He would have you to do. 
One thing I would encourage you to do is throughout that entire week, whether you're a teenager in this room or whether you're in your 80s, I encourage you that entire week, fast social media, fast the news, fast all, all of the junk. You just stay away from all of that, hone in, get in the quiet secret place with God. It's going to be a powerful fast, powerful fast. It's been a great night, hasn't it? It's really been a great night. I, uh, I fly out in the morning. I just appreciate your prayers. I'm heading to Illinois in the morning uh, to be with my family. And it's an uh, it's, uh, important time. It's an important time for my family. I appreciate your prayers over them, especially for my dad. I'm going to let my words be few right now. But I, I would appreciate your prayers for my dad and my mother and for my brother and myself. So I fly out early in the morning. I appreciate your prayers over our family. And someone of, some of you have written us. I mean, so many of you have written us this week. And you found out about us uh, putting our little dog down 15 years this week. And you've been so kind. And um, God's really carrying us. <laughs> He's really carrying us. He's been so good. So, uh, church, I love you. I, I just thank God for you. I want to call the, the uh, altar team to come to prepare themselves tonight. We want to minister to you. We want to pray for you. Any, any reason that you would need prayer tonight, I want our prayer team to go ahead and come, prepare yourselves. For any reason that you would need prayer, our God is the God of the breakthrough. Amen. He's the God of the breakthrough. He's the God of miracles. Amen. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's the Lord, our healer. Glory. Father, tonight we, we just sanctify this altar. We consecrate this altar, Lord. And we pray even now tonight that miracles will take place and healing will take place. Breakthroughs will take place. We pray that there will be those baptized in the Holy Spirit in this altar tonight, baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire. Deliverance in the house tonight, Lord. Words of life released in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to bless you to come. And if you have to go, we wish you a wonderful week. God bless you. Good night.